This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. After several fire seasons that have turned our skies hazy gray and once even orangey red, wildfire smoke has become a fact of life for Californians. That's definitely true for Chronicle reporter Julie Johnson. I live in Santa Rosa, and Santa Rosa's been socked in by smoke repeatedly since 2015. With California fire seasons growing worse, she's noticed people beginning to take smoke risks a lot more seriously. After the 2017 Wine Country fires, the Tubbs Fire in Santa Rosa, Everybody bought air purifiers and started sealing up their windows and limiting how much their kids play outside when it's smoky. And seeing all those precautions got her thinking. All of a sudden, forest fire smoke was viewed as really dangerous. And I wondered what that meant for the people who are out there who can't be inside, who can't put an air purifier on, who have to be out there fighting the fires. She's talking about wildland firefighters who spend days at a time out on the fire lines, all the while breathing in vast quantities of smoke. Julie has some idea of what that can be like. She reported on the 2017 Wine Country fires herself and developed a cough that lingered for months. My family joked that I had black lung, so I've really thought about this personally. So she wanted to find out if covering the fires could do that to her— What was all that smoke doing to firefighters? But to her surprise, there really wasn't any research to definitively answer that question. So I started digging into records from the Forest Service, which is our oldest and largest wildland firefighting agency. And smoke has been mentioned as a concern dating back to the 80s. And research has been done periodically over the years into how much firefighters are exposed to smoke the effects of them over a fire season. But what the agency has repeatedly suggested they do, but not done, is study the long-term effects of smoke. So maybe you have a really smoky fire season. By next spring, you're feeling a little bit better. But what does that do after 10 years of that, 20 years of that, a whole career? What does that do to the body? And that question's never been answered. Julie embarked on a six-month-long investigation into firefighter smoke exposure. Over that time, she spoke to a dozen men and women diagnosed with serious diseases who all suspect wildfire smoke was a factor. So I lost like probably like 30-something pounds within, you know, less than six months. So it was that thing of like, what the hell's going on? The Chronicle's investigation found that federal, state, and local fire officials have done little to meaningfully protect their workers. They've continued to treat smoke as an unavoidable hazard of the job. But does it have to be? To 
Today on Fifth Emission, I speak with Julie Johnson about her extensive reporting into the health impacts of wildfire smoke as climate change intensifies wildfires and firefighters become more essential than ever. What can be done to keep them safe? Smoke dangers are not a new concern for fire agencies, including the U.S. Forest Service and CAL FIRE. Julie Johnson says they began paying greater attention to the issue back in the late 1980s, when a series of intensely smoky forest fires in Northern California and elsewhere caused thousands of firefighters to get ill. In response, fire agencies launched a number of research efforts to understand the impact of smoke on firefighters. Julie says those efforts have been largely ineffective. In fact, smoke exposure levels for firefighters haven't budged in the last 25 years. What resulted were all of these recommendations for how firefighters can limit smoke exposure. So you rotate crews in and out of the fire line and the really smoky places. You minimize unnecessary work like cleaning up and extinguishing hot spots. And you basically use your senses to get out of smoke when you can. But this really, researchers found that this wasn't enough, that this didn't really decrease the amount of time they were inhaling smoke. Julie, for folks listening, they might think that the obvious solution here is good protective gear. I mean, even we know to wear N95s when it's smoky outside. What's the answer for wildland firefighters? Well, so the simplest answer to this problem is let's give them a respirator to wear. But what I've found is that it's actually a really complicated problem. For one, there's no respirator made for this type of work. The N95s we wear are flammable. They get wet and they're harder to breathe in. If you're doing really hard work and you're breathing really hard and your heart rate's up and you're hot, an N95 is just going to be claustrophobic. The tanks firefighters wear when they go into burning buildings, those are heavy and they don't last very long. So they're totally impractical for wildland fire. So wildland firefighters can't use the respirators that say, city firefighters use? Exactly. We've sent people to the moon, but we can't seem to build a respirator that will work for a wildland firefighter. Julie, you spoke to a number of wildland firefighters to better understand how smoke has impacted their health. One of them is Simon Gonzalez. Tell me more about him. Simon Gonzalez, to me, really typifies a wildland firefighter, especially those with the Forest Service. I'll go with my real title. So Simon Gonzalez said I'm a forestry technician. So imagine this. You're out there in the woods. You're wearing the same clothes for days or weeks on end. You're sleeping on the ground. You're carrying a 100-pound pack, 50-pound packs. You're carrying hose through the woods. Smoke moves around. You're not always in it, but you're often breathing it. You get like a wind shift and something just comes in your face and then and you just get that black smoke. So you're coughing a lot, depending on how much you're taking down, but your snot's definitely running out your nose, your eyes are getting watery, and you're just trying to progress as as quick as possible and put out the fire just so you're not taking that beating. The physical effects of working in smoke are part of the job, it's accepted. And Simon, like many people, talked about feeling invincible, feeling like it's hard, but I can take it, I can push through it. That's pretty much how that mentality was with with that. Like everyone just, we're just cracking skulls and and just getting to work and 
we're not even thinking about the consequences when it comes to that stuff. So the effect of being in smoke all day or many days or many weeks really sticks with you long afterwards. Simon talked about, you know, waking up the next day and how you're like your lungs hurt and you're coughing it up. Post-fire, taking down that smoke is like an elephant sitting on your chest for a little bit and you're just like, oh man, and then it'll eventually subside. I've had other firefighters talk about coughing for months after a big fire or, you know, washing the soot oozing out of their pores. Mm. This stuff is really pervasive and the headaches last for days or weeks sometimes. But the belief has always been that you will get over it during the wintertime. What did Simon share with you about what kind of protection he was wearing? Nothing. They had nothing. No firefighter I spoke with described wearing anything. Oh, man, you'd be left out if you had an N95 or a bandana around your face. <laughs> oh, you'd be ridiculed like no tomorrow. And most of them didn't even think they should have anything until after the fact when they were feeling the effects. Did they have the risks of smoke and the impacts on their health top of mind at all? No. No, that's the least of your concern when you're out battling a wildfire. You're thinking of falling trees. You're thinking of, you know, not driving off the road because it's so hard to see. It's so smoky. You don't want to fall down a cliff. They're thinking about those immediately life-threatening factors Mm -hmm. out there. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like there was just this acceptance that breathing in smoke is a cost of doing your work for firefighters. Well, culturally, smoke is part of the job. Smoke is what we're paid to do, someone said to me. I have heard that out on the fire line. I heard it during interviews. And there is this acceptance that this work is really hard, that it's dirty, that it can make you feel sick, but that it is necessary work. It's meaningful work. It can be fun and thrilling work, but there comes a cost. That's the attitude that many firefighters have. But, Julie, people are getting sick, and that's what happened to Simon Gonzalez. When did he start to realize his health was impacted? Early last year, he actually started having night sweats and fevers, and he lost weight. So I lost like probably like 30-something pounds within, you know, less than six months. So it was that thing of like, what the hell's going on? He thought maybe it was related to COVID. He had a bout with COVID earlier in the year. But then he was on a training hike with his crewmates, and he collapsed. My captain at the time was leading, and then we had two other guys, and everyone kind of slowly started passing me. And I was like, oh man, like this is, this is bad. And I was trying to keep up and keep up and keep up, and then I got to the top once it starts kind of leveling out, and I just sat down and I passed out. Simon ended up at the hospital. He was diagnosed with leukemia. So Simon gets diagnosed with leukemia. Is there a strong connection that can be made confidently with his exposure to smoke? I think it's rare that you can say why someone got cancer. But in general, firefighters are at a greater risk for leukemia. So I I found a lot of firefighters through GoFundMe sites for firefighters with cancer. And I also found them through workers' comp records for firefighters who had been seeking workers comp because they had cancer. And in these conversations with people, I heard them really struggling to understand why they had cancer, what could have given this to them. 
firefighters are exposed to a lot of toxins. They're in diesel exhaust. They're wearing fire-resistant clothing with certain chemicals in it that can provide a level of risk. They are in smoky conditions for days and weeks on end. There are a lot of ways in which firefighters are more exposed than the general public. While there's a lot we don't know about the long-term impacts of smoke on health, what we do know is concerning. After the break, Julie Johnson walks us through what smoke researchers have found out so far and explains why further research is critical. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Julie Johnson, before the break, you mentioned the lack of research on the long-term impacts of smoke exposure on firefighters. Why would that kind of research be important in getting us closer to limiting smoke exposure? One of the problems is that there have been no studies tracking what happens to a wildland firefighter deep into their career. And so because of that, fire officials don't have clear data showing them that they need to provide respiratory protection. But recently, researchers have tried to estimate the risk, and a Forest Service researcher used cigarette smoke data to estimate the effect of smoke on a wildland firefighter for a career and found that they're at heightened risk of dying from lung cancer or cardiovascular disease compared to the rest of us. Mm. And so this research really debunked this long-held belief in the fire service that smoke's not that bad. Mm. Now, compounding this sort of confusion and the frustration around their own health impacts, your reporting also revealed that firefighters who suffer from potentially smoke-related illnesses, they have a hard time filing claims to qualify for benefits. Tell me more about that. Exactly. And it's different for California firefighters and federal firefighters. For federal firefighters in particular, it has been really hard to prove that your disease was caused by your job. The federal government set a high bar to prove that you got cancer from your job, and it was really impo- it's really impossible for anyone to say how they got cancer. In California, it is presumed that if you are a firefighter and you got cancer, that's from your work. Mm. So for Simon, he filed for workers' comp, which provides all these protections and helps pay for your care as soon as he was diagnosed, but it was rejected. It was uh, very disheartening. I... I felt like at that moment when it got denied that everything that I contributed pretty much meant nothing. It's like, oh, oh well, sorry, find another job. However, the federal government put out a memo last year saying that they should give special consideration to federal firefighters with cancer. And so since then, his claim's been accepted. So luckily, federal intervention there helped Simon out. But Julie, I want to get back to prevention, not just helping people out once they're sick. As you mentioned earlier, the holy grail of protecting wildland firefighters would be a respirator that actually worked out in the field. Tell me more about the technical challenges in developing such a device. 
So as far back as the 90s, the Forest Service and CAL FIRE put out feelers to see if there was a respirator mask that firefighters could use, because there is one that firefighters use when they go into burning buildings. It's this tank of compressed air they wear on their backs. It's really heavy, and it lasts for like 15 to 20 minutes. But that is an impractical device for the wildland environment. When you might be hiking up a ridge, you're carrying a backpack, you've got a chainsaw, you're out for days, you're sleeping on the ground. You cannot carry a huge bulky device that's going to make it harder to breathe, and that's not going to last very long. And so this is in part a technological problem, but it's also a government problem because I spoke to someone who retired from Honeywell who was part of their respiratory protection program, and he said that had the Forest Service or some big agency like that said, we want respirators for wildland firefighters, that might have really triggered development. But there was not interest. There was no demand to create this device. So in some ways, it's a chicken and the egg problem. Mm. But it is complicated because a respirator for smoke needs to filter out particles. It needs to filter out gases. It needs to get cool air to the firefighter who's working really hard. It's a complicated device to make. Mm. What have fire officials said to you after you presented what you found out through your reporting? Both the Forest Service and CAL FIRE have been clear that they care about the health of their firefighters, that it is important to them, and that it has really been a dilemma because you don't want to put something over a firefighter's nose and mouth that's going to make their job more hard and dangerous. However, the state of California is actually pushing forward a regulation that would require a respirator for wildland firefighters, and that has really helped jumpstart the process. Well, that sounds like a sign of progress. It is potentially a sign of progress. And I have really heard wildland firefighters saying, we're not sure that we can wear that type of thing all the time. But what a researcher told me is that as much as you can chip away at smoke exposure, you're never going to reduce it completely, especially for these people who we depend on to protect our communities when a fire is burning out of control. But the more you can reduce it, the more you can chip away at the edges, the better off they'll be. Mm -hmm. And Julie, in addition to the concerns you heard from firefighters about their own health and their exposure to smoke, you also heard them tell you about how much they love their job and how much they wanted to continue doing that. Tell me more about that. Oh, yeah. Simon and all the other firefighters I spoke with wanted to get healthy, wanted to get back on the fire line. Some of them will not be able to, but all of them started this career because they love being outdoors. They love purposeful work. They love hard work. They like the camaraderie they find on the fire line and with their crewmates. It is a career unlike most others, truly. As you mentioned, Simon, 34 years old, is diagnosed with leukemia. What's next for him? You know, like anyone diagnosed with a life-changing disease, Simon has had to rethink his future. He assumed that he would be on the fire line for his whole career, and he has had to think differently about the way his life is going to be. So yeah, I'm, I'm still working for the Forest Service. Fire's out. I'm, I'm no longer be able to do that anymore. I'm working in a different capacity now, so I'm on a detail as a management analyst kind of using my uh, college degrees that I got years ago. Simon, like many of the firefighters I spoke with, have been able to find work that takes them away from the fire lines, 
allows them to still be involved in the career, and they're grateful for it. But it is hard to leave your crewmates behind, and it's hard to leave the fire line behind. It was a really hard decision to to really say, I, I can't go back. And it's still hard, just because I, I love the job. I worked hard, and I put in some time, and you know I made a lot of good uh, friends. The camaraderie was just awesome. And I didn't want to. I didn't want to lose out on that. But you know, health is more important. My family's more important. So I got to be here for my two kids. Julie, listening to Simon really gives us a sense of how life changing these sorts of smoke related illnesses can be. Are we finally going to see some movement on this issue? When might we see changes happen? Yeah, I think change is going to come rapidly on this issue. Well, as rapidly as it can, given government process and testing and regulations and making sure a device makes sense. But we have more catastrophic fires than ever before. We have people considering their health in different ways than ever before. We have the general public really worried about smoke. So I think all of these factors are coming together to motivate the fire service to really address this problem. Julie Johnson is a reporter with the Chronicle's climate and environment team. Find her investigation into wildland firefighter smoke exposure online at sfchronicle.com and on the Chronicle app. Julie's dedication to following this issue is taking her to Southern California. She's on her way to observe firefighters testing a prototype respirator that was developed by a Colorado firm specifically for use during wildfires. Another hopeful sign of progress. This episode was produced and edited by Keith Manconi. Thank you for listening. 